Welcome to the Intuitive Rising Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Brooks. Up until about five years ago, I was your average mom of three. It was after the sudden loss of my father that my life changed forever and the rising within me began. Since then, I've embraced my gifts and have stepped into my role as an evidential psychic medium, past life reader, higher self mentor, holy fire Reiki practitioner, and published author. In this podcast, we will talk all things spiritual and healing through a very grounded and relatable approach. I hope you'll continue to join me each week, remembering who you always were as we rise together. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Intuitive Rising Podcast. I am your host, Amy Brooks. So happy to be back with you today. I just come off of about a 10-day vacation. Um, What I mean by vacation is that I did not record any podcast. I did not do any client readings. I did. I still did a lot of learning. I did a lot of reading. Went to the beach a couple times. Went for a couple little road trips. Celebrated, celebrated rather, celebrated, celebrated uh, my 11th wedding anniversary with my hubby, Scott, and overall just kind of enjoyed my family's company. This morning, woke up. Well, I went to bed last night with kind of like a pep in my step, like tomorrow I'm back to work. I'm going to get some uh, monthly tarot readings done for my monthly tarot clients. I'm going to report, record a podcast. I'm going to do a mini tarot reading. I really had all the goals today. And I woke up with pink eye in both of my eyes. So if you are fortunate enough to be watching this on YouTube right now, you will see that I have new eye makeup on. And the reason is because my eyes are puffy and red and itchy and scratchy and sore. But they look a heck of a lot better than they did this morning. Thank you, Polysporin Eye Drops. So that was a rude awakening. So that kind of just made me feel like isolating a little bit, hiding away. Um, and just like, I don't know about you, if you've ever had pink eye, it seems like it's like a kid thing. Like until I had my own kids, I don't recall ever having pink eye in my life. Although I'm sure I did when I was a kid going through daycare and school system, but it kind of makes you feel a bit achy. Like my eyeballs kind of ache, but I'm not here to talk about pink eye or achy eyeballs, (laughs) but I do want to tell you a little bit about what's going on in my life. And that's what's going on right now. We are now um, at the time of this recording in the very last couple days of August of 2023, which is amazing. I cannot believe that we are already almost in September. The Burr months are my favorite time of year. Don't come at me. Don't come at me. I love all seasons of the year. I really do. But September to December just feels magical to me. So I do look forward to that while also embracing the rest of the year. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll see this little um, this little embroidery hoop hanging on the wall behind me. And that hasn't been there before, wasn't there before. This was sent to me by a community member of the podcast. So uh, Christine, shout out to Christine, who is a past client, a community member, a podcast listener. She mailed this to me. It is a B for Brooks, and there is a red fox on there. You guys know me and my red fox, my spirit totem animal. And I thought that was so sweet that she took the time out of her life to make that 
specially for me and send it all the way from South Carolina to here to Ontario, Canada. So thank you so much, Christine. You absolutely made my day. It was like such a beautiful, beautiful surprise. Um, a couple pieces of, I guess, uh, What's going on? Let's talk about some housekeeping for a moment. Uh, first thing to make note of is that Natasha, Mac, and I are back at it again. We are putting on another event, but this time rather than being a mediumship demonstration, it is a private reading experience. It is happening virtually on September 22nd. And I can tell you that at the time of this recording, August 28th, there are three spots left. Um, so there may still be spots av available for you once this episode airs, which will be in early September. If there is no longer spots at the time that this episode airs, please know that Natasha and I plan to do another this fall uh, and definitely one before the holidays. Um, but essentially what it will be is a small group of eight people and Natasha and I and I, and um, everyone who attends will be receiving a mediumship reading. So a, a short mediumship reading. You don't want to miss that. Um, Natasha and I are uh, great friends. Um, we work very similarly and we also have, anytime we work together, have um, provided so much evidence and healing and loving guiding messages. We both work with the light and with, you know, loving, compassionate spirit. Um, and it's just so, so, so healing. We also do a bit of dual linking. So that is where both her and I as mediums are connecting to the same spirit person for the same client or sitter and bringing through that information for them, which is kind of a special thing, I think. And we didn't know that we did that until we started working together. I just got big old goosebumps up and down my left side um, when I mentioned that and Natasha. So um, talk about soul fam. <laughs> We're going to talk a little bit about Soul Fam today, but just one moment. We're going to get there. One other piece of uh, housekeeping is what else was it going to say? Oh, I am really, really interested in anyone who wants to come on. I'm interested in chatting to anyone who would like to come on as a guest of this podcast. My husband and I have been working on kind of a side podcast. I'm not going to say too much about it just yet. I will soon. But we're working on a side podcast together um, that will air and launch in the next few months. But what I want to put out there is that we're looking for people to come on that may lean towards the skeptical side. Now, if you're listening to this, you might not be skeptical. Maybe you are skeptical. I don't know. Maybe you're skeptical and you're like, I'm just, I want to hear what you have to say. Open to your perspective, Amy. But like, I'm still skeptical. Maybe you used to be skeptical and you're no longer skeptical because you've had your own experiences or you have had a mediumship reading or a psychic reading. Um, maybe your best friend or your mom or your spouse is totally skeptical. I'm putting out a little call, a little, um, a little call to action for the listeners of this podcast that if you are interested in coming on, we would love to hear from you. So please go on social, go on my social media. It's the intuitive rising.com. 
is my website, Intuitive Rising, and all social media is my handle. Um, and send me a message and let me let me know if you're interested. If you're somebody that would like to talk about once being skeptical and no longer being skeptical and what came about for that to happen. If you're someone whose spouse is really skeptical and would be open to coming on and talking. So now that we got that out of the way, what are we here to talk about today? We're here to talk about what a light worker is. Um, now this is a topic that comes up. This concept comes up time and time again. Um, people want to know what a light worker is. Um, I, you know, somebody might say I've had a reading and you or another medium has told me that I'm a light worker or I keep hearing this word and I'm wondering what it means. Um, and so I'm here to kind of give my perspective. I will refer to a few different things like potentially like a website that has their definition and I will let you know if I agree with that or not. Um, I'm going to reference a couple books that I've been reading lately and some synchronicities that have been happening in the world as of late. I promise it is all connected to this light worker topic. So what is a light worker? So I'm going to firstly, I'm going to give you a definition from lonerwolf.com. So this is a website that, um, I think it's all spiritual type information on it. It comes up a lot in, you know, a Google search if you're looking for any information about spiritual awakenings or spiritual callings or what have you. So I, I just Googled Lightworker and this is one of the top hits that came up. So it says, according to LonerWolf.com, it says a lightworker is a term that refers to a person who has undergone a spiritual awakening and feels called to illuminate the dark places of life. Lightworkers are often empaths, old souls, and highly sensitive people with a strong connection to their soul's voice. Um, while lightworker sounds like an exclusively new age term that focuses only on love and light and the feel good, it's not, or at least it doesn't have to be. The light and darkness are intrinsically connected. One cannot exist without the other. It's for this reason that authentic lightworkers often focus on focus a lot on the darkness or the shadow side of humanity. Many lightworkers focus on healing trauma, undoing toxic core beliefs, healing the inner child, and shining a light on the buried shadow self. So I do agree for the most part with this definition. I do agree that a lightworker is someone who is here to illuminate dark places in life and who likely, very likely would be an empath, old soul, or highly sensitive person probably would identify that. Um, I also agree on this focus on more of the darker aspects of spiritual work. Um, it's not all about love and light, although love and light is really, you know, underneath it all. It's, it's the root. It's where we're going. It's what we're yearning for. But in order to get there, we have to undo things. And so that's an important part of the process that we cannot bypass. I'm sure that most of you have heard of the term spiritual, spiritually bypassing. Um, that would be to only focus on, you know, more of the positive and to completely ignore avoid, um, you know, healing those other aspects of you. It would be like, yeah, I got fired today and I feel like shit, but you know, I'm just going to focus on, I don't know, something very cheery. Like, you know, like it's almost like a forced cheerfulness when you really, you just want to cry and you just want to scream and you just want to go home and eat ice cream, right? There needs to be a balance between these two. It can't be all or 
nothing. Um, so spiritually bypassing to me would be to almost like shame or judge yourself for having those human emotions of, oh my goodness, I'm so upset and I'm so devastated and I'm worried and stressed out as of course you would be if you lost your job, right? So um, I think that's an important distinction about light working for sure. Um, so let's talk about what my definition of a light worker is. So for me, um, a light worker definitely is someone who has come here to shake things up. So as much as a light worker, in my opinion, would be someone who is compassionate, um, you know, has a humility about them and a humanness about them and all of that. I also feel like they are system busters. I feel like those of us who identify as light workers or who have been referred to as a light worker, maybe by a medium or a psychic in a reading that you've had, or if you've ever like been curious about it, I feel like light workers are we have this deep belief and compassion for the goodness of people, and we want to make things better, but we're not you know just out here you know floating around like little fairies. We also come in here to tear shit up, if I can be so frank. Um, And we do that through information. So something that I have learned um, through my connection to spirit with my spirit guides is that light means information, according to my guides. So to be a light worker is someone that comes in to do things different, that has information to share. That's a system buster. Right? So it's someone that might feel a little bit like a black sheep or like you don't fit in. Side note, I don't think any of us really fit in. It's something that I have learned through my work um, as a psychic medium and working so intimately and deeply with a variety of people from all walks of life and, um, you know, different races, different ages, different backgrounds. There's this commonality of you know, I, I try to keep up with the status quo. I try to keep up with the Jones, but like, I never really feel like I'm doing it right. And that's a commonality, right? Anybody that tells you they're like living the life, keeping up with the Jones and everything's going okay all of the time might be fibbing. You know, I feel like we all feel a little bit like an imposter at times when we are trying to live the status quo, right? Um, so let's talk about this concept of light equals information. Where does this come from? Well, number one comes from my guides. My guide tells me that. Um, so in the context of a light worker and someone coming in to be a system buster, how does this connect? Well, I want to tell you a little story about the Palladians. Okay. So the Palladians are uh, a celestial... Um, well, let's, Pallades, Pallades, I don't have any of this on my screen, so I'm going off the cuff here. Pallades is a constellation, okay? It is sometimes referred to as the Seven Sisters. You might recognize the constellation as being the Subaru logo. Yes, the car, Subaru. Their logo, the little oval with the blue, and it's seven stars. Um, so the Pallades are star beings that originate from the constellation of Pallades. And I have read a lot of information about them over the years um, in various places and books and online. 
And I've always resonated with the Palladians. I, it's interesting because the way that I got interested in, in the concept of the Palladians, I will not, I will definitely go on record right now and say that I am not um, a starseed expert. I'm not at all a starseed expert. I don't know too much about starseeds at all, but I will say that the Palladians which are one of the star seeds, I feel like I have um, more a connection to. And so anything I speak about moving forward is based on my experiences and my personal opinion. Um, so a couple years ago, I took part in an online healing Reiki infused meditation kind of session um, with Kate Flick, who many of you know, as we have many shared listeners and shared clients and she is my Reiki master. Um, I was sitting in on a session that she was um, hosting and, you know, we walked through the meditation and then came back 20 minutes later. And I'm always like one of those people that are keen to share my information. I don't mind icebreakers. I know, I know. I don't mind so much. I used to hate that kind of stuff when I was younger, but now that I feel relatively like good in my skin, like I feel much more confident than I ever did, which is funny because I'm so much different than I was before. Um, but I think that shows personal growth when it comes to my own spiritual journey and my connection to my intuition, because that's really what did it for me. Anyways, I digress off topic again. Um, I, I volunteered information and I was like, oh, when she was like, does anybody have anything to share? I was like, yeah, I do. Um, and she was new to me at this time. I think it was like, I just kind of knew her on Instagram a little bit, but not so much. And um, we, what I shared with her is that I felt, I saw these like light beings and they were blue and they called themselves the Pleiadians. And I was bringing through things that they, you know, were making me feel what they were showing. And the really interesting thing is, is that she also was experiencing similar messages and similar visions as I was in the session. So we we're like, huh, that's interesting. Um, so after that, I think we kind of took notice of each other a little bit more because we we're like, what's that all about? Um and, uh, you know, after that, we, ha we had a conversation. She told me that she um, took Reiki. She was attuned to Reiki by someone who channels the Palladians. And that person is friends with somebody else who channels the Palladians and uh, through the Akashic Records. And I was like, interesting. Um, and somebody else that was in that meditation as well um, reached out and told me that they were also, you know, interested or drawn towards the Pleiadians. So I thought, okay, interesting. I feel like I need to buy a book about these guys. I need to discover what this is all about. Arm hairs are standing up in this moment. Anytime I talk about them, my arm hairs stand up. Um, and so what ended up happening was I bought a book called Bringers of the Dawn. And the author is Barbara. Please don't hate me, Barbara, if I butcher your last name. I think it's Melchiduck, but don't quote me on that. Uh, first name is Barbara. Last name starts with an M. Bringers of the Dawn. She is a Palladian channeler. And I read this book. And ever since then, I've had like crazy synchronicities with other people who also are super drawn and or interested in the Palladians. 
So as Kate would say, I'm going to, I'm going to quote her because she just said this to me the other day, we were sharing some synchronicity. She's like, um, the Pleiadians are finding each other. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, we are. Um, so the reason I want to talk about the Pleiadians is not to give like a synopsis on who they are, what they do. I'm going to do that in a future episode. I'm going to have a guest on and we're going to talk more in depth about starseeds in general. And we will talk about the Pleiadians. But I wanted to talk about this concept of light being information because I recently found three new, new to me, Palladian books. And I think that, you know, I think that they found me. Um, because I just kind of, you know, when, when you like find a used book and you feel like it just kind of finds you too, I have so many stories about books finding me. Um, so these three books that, that found me, one is called earth Palladian keys to a living library, uh, family of light Palladian tales and lessons in living. And thirdly path to and path of empowerment, rather new Palladian wisdom for a world in chaos. These are all by the same author, um, Barbara. Melchiduk. Uh, so I'm reading, I'm kind of back and forth between two of them, reading bits and pieces, taking a lot of notes for a future podcast episode. And they share, these are books that is, is written, they're written from the perspective of the Palladians. So there's three ladies that have come together and they channel the Palladians. And these books were written, I think the first, I think the Bringers of the Dawn came out in the very early 90s. And then there's like another two that came out in the nineties. And then the last one I think came out in 2004. I don't know. I don't know if they've got anything newer than that, but there's four books and they kind of came out in about a 12, 14 year period. Um, and they talk about this concept family of light. So they say, you know, that basically most of us, a good portion of the people that are living right now on planet earth are from the family of light. And this is how this connects to this topic. What is a light worker? I have seen so many repeating numbers since I sat down today. I just want to make note. <laughs> I just saw 2323. I saw 222 and I saw 333. So we've got twos and threes on repeat today. Um, <clears throat> okay. Sorry, lost my track of time. Uh, lost my track of thought. I got excited about the numbers. Family of Light. So we're here. If you're reading the book, if you're interested in the Pleiadians, you're probably a member of the Family of Light. And that the Family of Light are humans that have celestial origins, or you know, have lived lifetimes in you know other other planets, other other solar, you know, other solar systems, right? Other universes. Um, and that, you know, it's kind of like, they kind of explain how there's no time and space and really like timelines are all happening at the same time. So even though they're coming to us from the future, they're really like here right now. And it's, it's just, it's a whole lot. And I won't get into that right now, but family of light, what they say is that if you're a member of family of light, so if you're a light worker, you would be a member of the family of light in my own personal opinion and that we're coming in as system busters we're coming in to awaken humanity including we have to wake ourselves right because we've got this veil of forgetting when we come in when we become 
who we are as our human identities and our life and all the erase, we erase all of that, right? And we know that going in. We know that's going to happen. We're going to forget this, but things are going to happen. There's going to be sequences of things that happen to wake us up to the fact that we are part of the family of life and that we are here to break shit up. <laughs> they didn't say that. That's my quote. We're here to break shit up. What they say is that we are here to awaken ourselves to the divinity of what it means to be human. So if we could realize that there's no one above us you know, it doesn't mean that you can't worship something if that's what your belief is, but that to also know that you are also divine. And if we treated ourselves and every living thing as if they were part of the divine, we very likely would live very different lives. A key point of the family of light, one thing that they say that we all have in common is that we, most of us have trouble kind of really grounding and being in our human body, in our human life. We're up here, right? We're like information people. We have all this information we want to learn. We're investigators, um, you know, we feel a disconnect at times to our bodies because we want we want to go back to where we come from, right? Where we're like, I want to go home. Um, maybe we felt like we've never fit in anywhere. Maybe we feel like wherever we go, wherever, whatever we do, whoever we're with, we never quite feel like we're home. But that we are here to be basically transmitters of energy. And so the light that, you know, we are transmuting and also the light that we're generating from awakening to our divinity, from, you know, having compassion for ourselves and everyone else and making, um, you know, aligned choices for us, all of that generates light. So it's like this, this, um, I'm thinking of the word receptacle, right? Of like receiving, but also, but also, you know, giving, putting, putting information and energy out and that the energy and the light that we're transmuting and that we're then putting out has information in it and that the words that we say, the way we say things, the words we listen to, they all are activated and they all have the ability to awaken us. So from this perspective, a light worker is someone who is here to be that receptacle, that transmuter of energy. They even use the, the analogy of a radio in one of these books, which I thought was amazing because that's one that I use all the time. You know, when I'm talking about emotions, which is so on point for right now, because where we're at right now in this last week of August, 2023 is very like heavy, dense energy. And I've talked about it quite a bit on my social media pages. And a lot of people, I put a poll out the other day, like how many people are feeling this way, maybe a little bit anxious, out of sorts. 93% of respondents said, yes, me too. 
close to tears, feeling anxious, upset stomach. Um, just don't just something, something's doesn't feel right. That's the collective energy, right? And so knowing we're sharing information with each other. We know that we're in this together. Those of us that are highly sensitive beings, those of us who are um, from the family of light or light workers probably are feeling it, but not only that, we're aware of it. We're aware of it. And so if you think about this analogy of a radio and um, you know, I'm the energy the are making me feel these kind of emotions and now I'm really in my head or I'm overthinking or, you know, I'm, I'm talking shit about myself. And we think of ourselves as a radio and just allowing that emotion and those words and that energy to flow through us without personalizing or attaching to it. Then that in itself is what we're supposed to do because that transmutation of energy and sends out light a.k.a. information, codes, frequency to other people. And I think it's especially taking note of another <laughs> another number there, 30-30, all the threes, all the twos. I think it's especially important to talk about these things with each other as, you know, words and sound, the, vib- the vibration and frequency of one's voice carries codes and activations. So what the Pleiadians say in these books are that in these times of chaos, which we are feeling so much right now, the best thing that we could do for us, for our family, for our friends, through for humanity, for the world, for the planet, is to be grounded, take care of ourselves, take care of our bodies, find joy, really and truly, that's what they say. Because if you focus on the light within you, this is way different than spiritually bypassing, right? Because it's not like you're not allowing yourself to be that radio, to transmute all that energy. You're allowing it but you're not personalizing it. You're not judging yourself for it. You're just allowing because you know you're just a radio and the emotion and the energy is a song. And when you can get into that headspace, when you feel like that, that's when your light just amplifies. Ooh, the goosey bumps on my arms. That's what you're here to do. It's to be that transmitter of the collective energy all the darkness, all the shadow that we're all, including ourselves, are undoing and healing from. And then in the moments of calm and peace, or when maybe we're, I think even while we're going through that, if we could be that and have grace with ourselves and also prioritize ourselves when that's happening, by doing something kind for ourselves, for putting our bare feet in the grass, right? By eating good, nutritious food. By having a nap if you need to. Going to bed early if you need to. Having boundaries with yourself and others. By doing something just for the joy of doing it. It's really important 
to stay in your body. So I know this is like a what is a light worker episode, but we started with that. We gave those definitions, but now based on this information and the storytelling, it's, oh my goodness, 3333, I swear to you. Um, <laughs> the numbers are like crazy. Let me know in the comments if you're listening on YouTube um, or, you know, send me a DM or something. Um, let me know if you're seeing all the numbers lately too. It's important that we stay in our bodies. It's important, you know, if, if what the Pleiadians say in these books, and I, like I said, I have not even come close to finishing them. I'm reading them in small chunks and really allowing myself to digest them. But essentially what they say is we are, like we are such, like we're magic is what they say. There's so much codes in our DNA, we are the living library. So when I referred to that book called Earth, um, I can't remember what the whole title is, but it's like keys to, you know, the living library or, or what have you. The living library is Earth and we are essentially like the librarians, right? So there's like a library in our Earth and in us of information that's stored in our DNA from all over the place, from places we haven't even discovered yet at this time, from species, star beings that we have no concept of at this time. And that that's all within us. And that, as you know, it, it happens. This is a very gradual shift because everybody's waking at different times. But if we became aware how kind of magical and special that we really are as humans and how the rest of the cosmos is kind of viewing us as made by and from the gods with this living library inside of us. We might think a little different of ourselves. We might begin to treat ourselves better. We might feel more comfortable in our body, regardless of its shape or size or color or what have you. We would just be like, this is the body I have. This is, this is the body I need to have for this particular mission in life. And if we could be okay and still send love to our bodies and treat it well and eat well and, you know, move it and all the kind of stuff that we're told to do. It's like, we're told to do this stuff, but then society, what a, what a confusing ride this is, eh? It's like, you're too fat. You're too skinny. Um, you know, your legs aren't long enough. You're too short. Your feet are too big. Your nose is too big. Um, but, you know, look after your health, you're special, you know, make sure you're eating right, like blah, 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 prioritize your health. But like your health, your physical health is so connected, it's your, is so connected to your physical body. So there's so much mixed, missed messages here. It's just insane when you really think about it. And I feel like that's a lot of the healing that we need to do as lightworkers. All the shit that we've inherited right? All the, the crap that we've been 
um, conditioned to in this life by our families, our friends, teachers, the media, our, you know, society at large. I think the key here and what I'm trying to get at is being a light worker means that you have light within you. You might not feel like you fit in. You might feel disconnected to your physical self, to your physical body. And you might feel alone at times or like you don't belong here. And you want to do things differently. And maybe you have opinions or beliefs that go outside the norm or what is the status quo. Maybe you want something different than what society tells you you should want or what society tells you you should be and believe. And as a light worker, your mission is to dismantle that. It's to realize how divine you truly are and to wake up to the fact that you are worthy of joy and compassion and happiness and love. And I think that when you reach that point in your healing journey, then it's easier for you to dismantle the crap all around you, right? It's easier for you to say, you know what? No, not going to do that. It's easier to set boundaries. It's easier to to pick and choose who you want to be around based on who makes you feel good and who makes you feel drained. It's really like this this never ending. Like I'm seeing like a an infinity sign in my brain as I as I speak about this. It's like yeah, we might have slip ups. We're human. We're we're actually here to be human. We're here to feel what it means to be human, right? And so it's okay if you have days when you're low. Just remember to have grace with yourself. Have compassion with yourself. Screw what society says. Screw what you're, you might have grown up with somebody in your family saying something to you that made you feel little or worthless. Screw them. (laughs) I don't know where that's coming from, but it's coming out. Okay. So light information. The more you allow yourself to feel things, to heal things, to begin to treat yourself a little better, the more comfortable you're going to feel in your body, the more comfortable you're going to feel in your interactions with life. That's kind of what I was speaking to at the beginning, you know, like 15, I like, hell no, like even like 10 years ago, I didn't leave the house without makeup on because I was like, I don't want people thinking, I don't want people looking at me and thinking like, she's ugly or she's given up on life or what have you. I was so worried about how I looked, you know, I'd like diet and constantly exercise and, and those things are good. Like there's, there's a lot, it's good to move your body. It's good to eat well, but if you're doing it because you're trying to make yourself love yourself and you don't otherwise, that might be a problem. You're worthy of love and compassion where you are right now, in the body you are in right now, in the circumstances that you're in right now. It doesn't matter what you've done before 
only this moment matters. And so, you know, I, I, the reason I brought that bit up about, you know, five, 10 years ago, not leaving the house without makeup, putting makeup on before I went in, like when I was in labor, okay, with my, one of my children, imagine, and now here I am <laughs> recording a podcast that I know the video is going to go out on YouTube where anybody could see it without makeup on. That's growth, baby. <laughs> that's growth. I just feel more comfortable in my own. I accept myself. I accept my body. I'm like, I'm good like this. I'm good with my hair done. I'm good with makeup on. I'm good when I'm dressed up. I'm good when I'm not dressed up. It doesn't change the value of me as a person and what I have to say. And so that's my wish for you, dear light worker. Um, we will talk much more about the Pleiadians in the future. I know I was a little off topic today, but not really, because I honestly, I honestly feel like if you're a light worker, all of those things probably will make sense for you too. So according to this article in Loner Wolf, let's end with 21 signs of a light worker. I haven't read this. So let's see if they connect with anything that I talked about already um, or if they make sense for you. Okay. Number one, you've undergone some kind of spiritual awakening and dark night of the soul. We got to do a whole episode on what the dark night of the soul is, and we will. Um, I feel like just briefly, the dark night of the soul would be kind of like, uh, it's like when you reach a point in your life where you start to see through the matrix and you start to see through the facade there's a grieving, there can be a grieving process for, oh my God, like, why did I waste so many years doing that job or being in that relationship or caring about that or, you know, putting myself through an eating disorder or, or what have you. And none of that mattered, you know, like it's, it's this kind of realization and this grieving process that the things that you may have put a lot of value into or stock into just don't really matter anymore to you. Just don't really matter on your life purpose path anymore. So we'll talk about that more in depth in an upcoming uh, episode, but I didn't want to leave that without giving some sort of, you know, um, definition. Number two, you're highly sensitive and an empathic person who is aware of the nuances and subtleties in life. Yes. Um, as I did mention in the beginning, I feel like, you know, everyone, everyone feels the collective energy, right? Like when I put that poll out, it said 93% of respondents on my Instagram stories were also feeling anxious and out of sorts the last couple of days. That's a pretty good chunk, right? And I feel like you don't have to be highly sensitive to feel the collective energy. But I feel like those of us who are highly sensitive or empathetic have the awareness of it. It's kind of like, huh, right? Or somebody that, like when they say nuances, it's like you can notice things that maybe another wouldn't notice. Like you would notice the change in the air. You know, if, if you walk into a room, um, say, say you're like in a room and then you get up to use the washroom and then you come back in 
and you're like, they were just all talking about me, right? It's like a feeling that when you walk in the room, like a nuance, a subtlety, maybe someone who's not so sensitive to energy would just be oblivious to that. I don't know. Um, number three, you have a strong connection to your intuition. Yeah. Uh, number four, at heart, you're a counselor and you love to help others. Number five, since childhood, you felt older than your age reflects or deep down, you know, you're an old soul. Number six, you experience a lot of uncanny synchronicity as if life is trying to speak to you and guide you. Hint, it definitely is. It's your higher self. It's your spirit guides and your loved ones. And synchronicity, like all these numbers, right? All that literally everything I wrote down was a two or a three. I wrote down 2323, 222, 333, 3030, and 3333, right? It's like, why is that? Why is that happening? Um, number seven, you're prone to having many deep thoughts about existence, such as what is the meaning of life? I don't know. Doesn't everybody do that? I don't know. I do. Number eight, while the darkness intimidates others, you're drawn to exploring and illuminating it within yourself. You are a shadow worker who seeks to live a more awakened life. I feel like most light workers definitely would be motivated towards self improvement, self, you know, like development. Um, someone who would want to know why, okay, why am I doing this? Why have I been doing this? What could I do better? So, you know, I definitely feel like light workers would probably be open to that. And that would be part of their mission for sure. Number nine, past traumas have created deep suffering within you that you've tried to face, embrace, and heal. You're a wounded healer. So, yeah, I think that a lot of us, that are highly sensitive, um, you know, like I said, might feel like the black sheep in our families might feel different or want different things, believe in different things than the people that we have grown up with or the family that we have, um, you know, been placed in and, um, all of that can create a wound and we are here wanting to heal that as well. Uh, number 10, at heart, you're a mystic who focuses, focuses on ways to live a more soulful life. Number 11, you possess a high level of self-awareness, which can often feel painful. I think that's a nod to the awareness that I feel like lightworkers have. This innate awareness and desire and motivation towards self-improvement. Deep down, you believe that life is a spiritual journey of learning, growing, and transforming. Goes back to what we were just talking about. Because you're energy sensitive, it's easy for you to feel overwhelmed in daily life and struggle with anxiety. Yes. Uh, 14, you thrive in nature and feel drawn to an eco-conscious lifestyle that honors your planet. Very often, most of us are because we... You know, we see uh, the aliveness in everything, right? And the value in everything. You've experienced, this is number 15, you've experienced brief moments of ego death that have turned your life inside out. I think this is ego death is like a nod to the dark night of the soul, right? It's like, oh my God, what have I been doing? Um, who am I, right? Moments which change you for the better moving forward, put you on a new path, Number 16, living a life that is authentic to you is of the utmost priority. You value walking your own path. Remember, I said the Pleiades say that lightworkers are system busters. 
17, you're prone to experiencing bouts of depression. I think that comes with the anxiety piece at times or feeling like, um, because when you're picking up on energy and you're not aware of it, like most of us, like before we go on our spiritual journeys and we awaken um, and we have that dark night of the soul, so to speak, I, I can see where that might come in as well of like, the awareness that you have been picking up on energy your whole life, right? And the reason I bring this up is because something, a commonality that I have found in the clients that I've worked with over the last five years, as well as other people that I have connected with that also do this work is depression and anxiety, specifically anxiety. Uh, and I think that is a like I think that's an important thing to talk about because I feel like so many of us that are energy sensitive and that can connect psychically or mediumistically, when we don't know that we can do that and we're just like picking up on everybody's crap all the time, and by crap I mean energy, <laughs> right? I, I say it in that kind of manner because it can be overwhelming as heck when you're just like going for a walk and you're like, why am I feeling all this doom and gloom? Um, so yeah, I think that, I think that it's, it's like a spectrum of emotions, right? And we all experience a spectrum of emotions, but when you're highly sensitive and when maybe you are extra perceptive of, of the collective energy and the energy of the people that you surround yourself with, and you're not totally aware that it's not your own energy that's making you feel that way that could lead to depression for sure or depressive like feelings uh number 18 other people tend to use you as a dumping ground for their emotions and problems and you struggle to set personal boundaries i know for a fact that um i have struggled with personal boundaries my whole life and that's definitely something that i'm here to learn and as my my Spirit guide always says to me, um, you're here to walk, talk the talk and walk the walk. You can't just do one. So they're all, spirit is always teaching me, my higher self is always teaching me, um, you know, if, if someone needs me to be the voice or the teacher of something that I have to go through it myself, right? Um, boundaries are one of those things that I'm constantly learning in my own business and life. Number 19, you feel called to connect with your soul. In reality, your life is one big journey of soul searching. Yeah, I think that again ties into this like uh, pull towards all things self-development and self-improvement. Number 20, you have a visionary nature and you feel destined to make some sort of positive change on this planet. Well, if you're a system buster, of course, that you would feel that tug inside. Number 21, you have deep love and compassion for the planet and believe that oneness and wholeness are everyone's birthright. What did you think? Did you relate to most, if not all of those things? I think I checked off every single one. So let go, go forth, little lightworkers. Remember to have grace and compassion for yourself. Think of yourself as that radio, okay? And I want to just quickly end with how exhausting it can be to be energy sensitive and to be that transmuter, that, that, that radio for the collective energy and your own stuff 
and all the emotions and all the things we need to learn in order to be that healer, in order to be that being of light, that family of light, all the stuff that we have to go through. It's not always an easy journey. This is why I say it's like, it's not about bypassing the negative. It's about moving through it. It's about moving through it, but still being able at the end to see that light, to know your worth. When you're transmuting all of that energy, of course, you're going to be tired. You're going to be fatigued. You're going to be drained. Know that when you feel that way, like many of us have felt this week, the last week of August, you're not doing nothing by maybe taking a pause or a little downtime. You're actually doing a lot. You're doing a ton. It's kind of like spirit in this moment just gave me the image of like when you're sick and you have the flu or a cold, you're naturally exhausted and fatigued because your body is doing so much. It's fighting, right? The immune system is amped up. It's gone to battle. And we allow ourselves to rest then. Hopefully we do. This is no different. When we are transmuters for heavy, dense, collective energy, we need to rest. We need to hit pause. We need to understand that we're not doing nothing. We need to move the the resistance of feeling like we're doing nothing because we're doing a lot. We're doing a ton. That's part of our mission is honoring your vessel because your vessel is the thing that houses your soul in this lifetime. And your soul came here to system bust. It came here to make a difference. It came here to awaken humanity at, you know, through various stages, varying levels at different times. And I want you to get it out of your head. I urge you to move through the resistance of thinking that you're doing nothing when you're feeling a lot of stuff and you're moving through a lot and you're overwhelmed and you're anxious. You know, if you have to picture or visualize something in your mind, right, of what is actually happening with the energy, it's kind of like if you think about being that radio, right? Like you turn on your radio and the song plays through it and it's, it's just the radio is just sitting there, right? It's like you're not judging the radio for not – it's not generating the music, but it's allowing it to flow through it. It's not picking the songs, but it's allowing, it's surrendering. But in order to do its job, sometimes it just needs, it's just sitting there. Right? But you wouldn't go, oh, radio, like you're doing nothing. You're being lazy. That might not be the best example. But I want you to come up with something in your mind that you can picture how your energy flows. You know, the light that you give, the light that you receive and transmute in a way that helps you so you stop resisting treating your vessel kindly. You are doing so, so much for humanity. 
little light worker. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Intuitive Rising podcast. Love you all. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Intuitive Rising podcast. If you would like to continue the chats and join a group of like-minded souls on their own spiritual journey, please request to join the Intuitive Rising community over on Facebook. All are welcome. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider giving it a five-star rating. If you'd like to connect with me directly, please visit my website at theintuitiverising.com.